you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Around the NFL Podcast. Can't even get on NFL Network in a pandemic. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm coming to you from a city. And a world filled with heroes and bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. And we have one more hero to introduce. Hit it, Ricky. He's an NFL writer and reporter based in the UK. <laughs> He's the host for Sky Sports TV, the Inside the Huddle podcast. He was a barefoot kicker and tight end for the Kent Exiles football team. He used to play catch in a storeroom at the NFL Europe office wearing the head of the Scottish Claymore's mascot while doing it. He didn't try honey for the first time until 2008. Weirdo. <laughs> he supports Liverpool, and he is the host of the brand spanking new Neil Reynolds podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Neil Reynolds. <laughs> what an intro Welcome that's to an, the Around the NFL podcast <laughs> Thank that's you That's an anthem yeah. hey, that, all came from, that all came from Handsome Hank, right? All that information I don't, I don't reveal my sources ever No, true journalist Very <laughs> yeah. good, very good Thanks for having me, guys I mean, what, let's start with the honey thing Come on now Yeah, what's up what? with the honey now, thing? He said, now, my source said that you famously have a very bland palate and, I do uh, But even, yes. even if that's true Honey, two thousand eight—that's a disgrace. Yeah, I am. Um, I do have a very, very bland palate, and mm, uh, you're British. What can you do? 
Exactly. What can you do with that? Really, <laughs> really leaning into these cultural stereotypes, Neil. And I was at NFL UK and uh, myself and uh, who I'm guessing is your source, Dan, uh, Handsome Hank, Henry Hodgson. Uh, we were kind of known for know. making outlandish predictions and guarantees around NFL Europe games, around NFL games. I think I made some stupid guarantee, which I failed on. And the forfeit was to uh, do like a Bush Tucker trial, like you see in the I'm a Celebrity show, The Jungle. Um, I had to eat a bunch of stuff, which was supposed to be kind of really out there. But for me, because I was so bland, it was sushi, which was ridiculous, honey. But then I did eat some, I think I ate some ants and some crickets, but most of it was just food that everyone really likes, but not for me. But That's Neil, wild. I've got to, I've got to, as, as the person on this side of the ocean that uh, is charged continuously with not being adventurous enough with their food choices, um, I, for instance, I've never eaten cottage cheese and I never, I would rather be taken out by a female gunman than eat cottage cheese because it's like, why must I swallow what looks like chunky milk? Why, why must it be a female gunman? Well, because that would be an incredible way to go. Um, and I've thought about that probably once a day. <laughs> Since like oh, anyway. 17. There's so many layers to that onion. But be, I got to ask what like that's a texture thing. I look at cottage cheese and it's just like, why would a human put that into their system? That's how I feel. But honey t- feels unoffensive um, visually in any other way. And it's sort of like it goes back to even like biblical diets why would you why what is the issue with with, with honey <laughs> i'm glad we're peeling this back i have no idea but I don't, I don't stick to just that texture you know i don't eat fish um i don't really like yeah i don't i don't know i'm just a bit fussy and i don't know what honey it's just a bit too full of itself isn't it i think it's just, <laughs> yeah we could be really you and i could be quarantined together and we'd be fine yeah. you guys are fooditarians yeah. i yeah. mean um well no the, it's a it's a worldwide sure. issue the fooditarians they should unite and uh push back against all the people that like food well we are right. by the way we are heading into fooditarian uh zones so for those of you, I don't know when you have less the, options. Well, Mark, you're, it's you, like you I, you know, every Thursday night you need to go choices. eat like lamb chops with like you know a what? big there's, eyeball on top of it. You're not, a, that's not an option anymore for you. There's a bit of an aggressive tone forming here. So let's just move on. Neil, you are the um, Rich Eisen, of course, famously of the UK when it comes to uh, pro football coverage, uh, NFL coverage. And uh, we, we are so happy to have you on the show because uh this has been a great bond between our podcast and your your great uh, studio show and live coverage of the NFL at Sky Sports. So I know a lot of listeners who've been listening for a long time um, are aware that you've been on the show before, but you are very much a friend of the show at a high level. So it's great to have you back, especially at this time where you're launching a new podcast. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, that's why I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, so... Yeah, I'm still hosting the Inside the Huddle podcast with Jeff Reinbold. Rob Ryan's on that with us as well. Um, but I wanted to do something, uh, a little, I think, inspired by you guys. You know, you've had so many side projects and so many you know, things mm. off, you know, side, side podcasts, you know, and I do listen to the show a lot. And I thought, well, you know, I should give it a go. And I, th- I don't want to do another kind of opinion-based thing. You guys cover all of the, the news and opinion. You do it in a great way. Mike Florio does it. Peter King does it. Why would people want to hear me do that? You know, right. so I, and and we I, actually we don't we don't mention those names on on this show um, ever. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you can you you can probably bleep them out afterwards. I would I would guess, but um, so I thought, well, what what can I do? I have great contacts. I have good access around the league. Um, I've covered this sport for a long time. I do um, 
get very fortunate with the NFL UK lives to spend a lot of time with players traveling around the UK. So I thought, well, I'll start telling their stories. And that's what I did with the first one. I decided I'm going to make a bit of a, a bit of an effort with the, with the first one and uh, try and go out to uh, actually interview whoever the first one is in, in person. So uh, I dropped Ryan Fitzpatrick a text and said, can I come and uh, come to you somewhere in Tampa where you live? And, um, We'll do, we'll do like a 30-minute interview. And he said, no, come and we'll go out fishing and then we'll do the interview. So we literally... Wow. <clears throat> yeah, we were fishing uh, in the waterways off the, off the back of where he lives. Did uh, you catch about anything? Two, I did, yeah. And I'm not... I mean, you, people can listen to the podcast when it, when it drops. We put a lot of the fishing audio in there. Um, I, I don't like eating fish, but I also don't like handling <laughs> fish or being around any live fish. So um, you hear me kind of have a bit of a meltdown because he, he literally, we started. Oh, you're ready and, for the apocalypse, Neil. I could tell. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go out there and hunt, hunt a gatherer. <laughs> so we literally, I, I threw the, I cast it, I think is the, the term, cast it off the back of the boat. And then literally within five minutes, I had, a, I had a bite and then I was absolutely terrified. And then after, so I caught that fish, but he had to land it. And then I sound. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it was the whole thing was embarrassing. I tell you why it was embarrassing as well because I felt a little bit. I think he did it on purpose. A little bit emasculated. So I'm in this kayak, but it was like a pedalo, really. I'm in this pedal boat, and Fitz looks like this some sort of god from an ancient past on a paddleboard, standing up strong, and I'm kind of flailing around in a pedal boat. Can't land this fish, um, and he had to land it, and then. I literally turn into five-year-old Neil Reynolds. It's a question every five seconds. Fitz, are we going to put it back? Is that him making that noise? Is he all right? Do you want me to drop him back in the water? How long can he hold his breath for? Are we throwing him back, Fitz? And he was like, it's fine. He's fine. We're throwing him back. And so, yeah, we did. We, but we had a great time. And, and to be able to get that kind of access, that's what I wanted to bring with this podcast, is that, that up-close access, spending quality time, uh, with players and so we did that on the Sunday and then uh, I spent the Monday with Bruce Arians so um, yeah that'll be episode two coming up in a couple of weeks now this is yeah. this is Bruce Arians pre-Tom Brady right yeah actually I was so yeah so about about five minutes before I was due to um, meet with coach Arians we're waiting in his office and then uh, the PR guy for the Bucks said actually let's wait outside in the lobby you don't want to be just camped up in coach's office um he said he's running a little bit late he's just been called into an emergency meeting with jason light the general manager and i i said oh, oh, i'd love to be a fly on the wall with that you know free agency starting next week hmm. so coach coach comes in and then the very next day i'm flying home there was a headline saying the bucks are apparently all in for for tom brady so hmm. what were they discussing in that meeting but you know, wow. he, he was a good one as well and and I think when you get people, the good thing about this podcast, I think, and I hope, is that I'm not trying to break news. So I said to Coach Arians, I, I would like 30 minutes of your time, but I'm probably not going to ask you a question about Jameis Winston because it's about your life. It's about your stories. Um, and he was, as, I've interviewed him a couple of times before, but he was as open and uh, as emotional as I've ever seen him. So I was, mm. hopefully that comes across. No, oh, that's great. So yeah, Neil Reynolds podcast, wherever podcasts are found. Is, is it up yet? Is it launched yet? What's the, what's the date? So it launches tomorrow, uh, Thursday, 7 a.m. Yep. in the UK time. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah. So by the time you guys wake Beautiful. up on, on Thursday, it will be, it will be up and, and running and yeah, hopefully, uh, 
get some good numbers. I have one quick question. If so, you are, and I and it's it is a slight humble brag, but I but you own it because you're a man who's deep in sources. You're texting back and forth with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I mean, I just want to know when you re, when he sends a long chunky paragraph, uh, you know, capitalization grammar, punctuation. Is it totally what you'd expect from, uh, you know, we all know where he went to school. Is it Ivy League, Ivy League level texting or is he a typical athlete bro when it comes to communication? No, he's pretty good with, with that. The only thing with, and if you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a um, bit of a joker. So when I met up with him at the Super Bowl, we, we arranged to meet through his agent. Um, and uh, when Fitz was over in the UK, he made all these pictures of us that were on the stage show together, um, but superimposed our faces on the Coyote Ugly scene, uh, on the Spice Girls. And so he introduced me to his he introduced me to his agent by saying, Neil's the one in the bottom right. And then I looked at the picture uh, and it was me as Baby Spice with the blonde hair and everything. So, yeah, that humor comes through with him. But no, he's a, he's a very intelligent man. He's actually... Um, the the most unspoiled NFL player you could ever wish to meet. I mean, the last thing he said to me was like, "You know, come, we'll come back and we'll do this again soon, but don't bring any recording equipment. You know, we'll just take a few beers out." It was it was it was a privilege to spend the time with him. Um, it was a bit like being in that. You know, it felt like a couple of characters in that big movie with Tom Hanks because he sent the he sent. We arrived at his house, knocked on the door, and he said, "Oh, we're going to go about half a mile down the street." Uh, to record by the water's edge <clears throat> and um i said okay we're all going to jump in one car and he said no no the he sent the producer off he sent the cameraman off and um he went me and you are going to go on these and walked into his garage and there are two electric scooters and then he just races off down the road and i had to try and catch him up and that's just how he was <laughs> that, he, just, he seems like the guy that's he's figured out life he's rich he's a football player He's the heart. He's got the Harvard angle. He's got like forty-seven kids. He's happily married. He's got scooters going down to the pond to go fishing. Uh, it just seems like the guy figured it out. Yep, he's ticked every every box, and yeah, um, yeah very unspoiled by it, though, so as to well. speak. Um, <laughs> all right, Neil. So this is what we're gonna do. We're happy that you're sitting in on uh, the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL Bunker Cast. How many Bunker Cast drink here, by the way? Oh yeah. Well, there it is. Of course. Yeah. If people that watch. It is. It's wine thirty. Definitely where Neil is, no matter what the time is. Night time. And you'll know that uh, from our Sky Sports appearances over the last couple seasons that Neil, you know, he likes to get a little bit loose. If you uh, <laughs> catch my drift. Well, on air. On air, off air, any time of day. Sun's up, sun's down. The wine's out. That, uh, yes or no? Come on. Now. Less, but we'll, we'll deal with it. Ricky, what? How many bunker casts are we up to now? I think I know the number. Um, are we thirteen? She, she, 14? Uh, she's, <laughs> I don't know. She's having uh, two full weeks and a Friday. Uh, so we now we're at that's not eight. Yeah, we're I mean, 13. <laughs> All right. Bunker cast 13. We're going to hit some news. Five, I, I hope, I hope Erica's okay. We're having some technical difficulties on her end. Um, we'll hit some news and then Neil, um, I hope you're comfortable with this. Usually like, uh, if you're a pro, you clear it with the guest, but we didn't do that. We're going to sit you on the hot seat and ask some questions and get some no, answers. No, I saw you, that so. at your live show. I'm not sure I'm happy about that. So just be, <laughs> just, just be ready. Payback. Not less an interrogation and more, yeah, payback for you doing the same thing to us <laughs> last time we were in England. Um, all right. Before we do that, though, let's get to the news. Welcome to the Ryan Fitzpatrick podcast. No, I said you helped me launch my podcast. 
the Neil Reynolds podcast. You're Welcome to the Neil Reynolds yeah, podcast. You're just a guest. Special okay. guest. Okay. <laughs> but a guest nonetheless. Okay, my fault. Coming soon. All right, let's start with news that became official. We've talked about this on the podcast, that it was something that was tied to the new CBA, which has since been ratified, but it will indeed start in the year 2020 this season, hopefully. Uh, the NFL expands to 14, te- 14 teams uh, in the playoffs, up from 12. Uh, the big fallout from this, obviously, it's one team in each conference added to the mix. Also, uh, there is no longer a number two seed that gets a bye. So now you only have one team that gets a um, bye straight into the divisional playoffs. You have an extra team in each division, in each conference, making the dance. And it happens right now, this season, still 16-game season, Greg Rosenthal, uh, but the playoff expansion is immediate. Yeah, we we are still waiting to see how this NFL season goes, but I think it's a fairly safe bet that NBC and CBS are both going to be broadcasting extra games. That was what I would because we we knew this was happening, but I was interested in how this was all going to play out. And basically, NBC is getting a Sunday night game, which will be fun. I mean, those wild card weekends are going to be packed days with three games. Uh, on each day and then CBS gets an extra game where they also have a simulcast on Nickelodeon so uh, maybe that's a spot they can throw the old uh, around the NFL podcast guys in (laughs) no they're gonna put like blippy on that show it will definitely be uh, it's an interesting thought having a a youthful slant to how you call the game I imagine and and playing it up that way Neil this is bad news for you of course because um, it's always difficult Sunday night football with a time change. It's in the middle of night uh, over in the UK. Now you got a playoff game going on at that time, rough. But I guess the Super Bowl is uh, even later. Yeah, the, I mean the wild card weekend and divisional round are the toughest two weeks um, on the calendar over here in terms of hosting the shows because we will come off air around about 4.30, get to a hotel or somewhere for 5.30 in the morning. Then we're back in the studio about 2.30, ready to go for the you know the, the 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff time games for the Sunday. So you do that uh, Saturday, Sunday, um, both weekends. And it, 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 does, um, it does take a little bit of a toll. But as I often say, we're just sitting there watching TV for a living. So can't, yeah. complain, can't complain too hard. I mean, I do. I do, but no one's really going to listen. Yeah, I do. I absolutely <laughs> uh, do, but no one's going to listen. Hey, Wes, do you think that the, obviously now only one team getting the bye, is that too much of an advantage for one team to have that? Are you? Are, I know we're, as a group, we're kind of a little on the fence or against the idea of letting in these mediocre teams into the playoffs, but what about at the top of this uh, with only one team getting a bye? What's your thoughts on that? I'm trying to keep an open mind, and I think we'll have answers afterwards, but I don't think there's any need to think the sky is falling on on the level of competition in week 16 or 17 yet. I'd like to see a a fairly big sample size before we draw any uh, major conclusions about the competitiveness um, and and how much of an advantage that is. I I think it's interesting because change is interesting. I I I saw a couple of teams picked off in recent years, and I I think it's interesting to add the seventh team where people are – assuming that it's going to be some sort of seven and nine operation. And, you know, if you go back to 2000, none of these seven seeds that would have made the playoffs in a 14 team format would have had a losing record. So that for me, that kind of quells some of the fears. And I read an interesting um, article on cleveland.com that said in quotes, the expanded playoff format increases 
Browns' chances of making playoffs. Now, that to me is cutting-edge journalism. You have the analysis there is from the far reaches of space. I I did see some advanced uh, metrics kind of saying that the one seed's chances of going any further aren't any higher, which which kind of makes sense because they're in the same spot. It basically is just banging the two seed. And like their chances of making the Super Bowl now go down um, a, a significant amount, and that like you know spreads out to the three, four, five, six. But the way they did it, it basically, I don't know if the one seed's getting an edge as much as just that two seed is now getting banged in comparison. And to the crowd that says, "Why is it? Why is this happening?" First of all, there's always been a shift going on. It's been a 12-team playoff field since 1990. It's been 30 years, obviously. Uh, but it was a 10-team field from 78 to 89. It was an 8-team field from 70 to 77. So the game has evolved over time in terms of how they handle the playoff structure. It just hadn't happened in a long time. Now, is it because you kind of we hit on the perfect structure? I kind of think yes. But then th- I had a teacher in um, junior high uh, Mrs. Miller, her name was. She was our social studies teacher. And she t- she would teach us about what was going on. And she always pointed to one uh, undefeated truth of the world. Money makes the world go round. And uh, the during the negotiations for the CBA, uh, they projected, this the, the Players Union and the NFL projected $150 million in new annual revenues from uh, broadcast rights and stadium revenue connected to adding these teams and just uh, beefing it up a little bit. And that, I mean, this is a business and they're looking to make money. And as long as they don't destroy the prod- product, which I don't think they will, I'm kind of into it and going and circling back, Mark. If you're a fan of a, an eternally mediocre team, I, you know what I really miss? And Mark, you miss it more than me because it's been longer. There's nothing more exciting than waking up on a Saturday or Sunday in January when your team's playing a playoff game. Uh, and how exciting that is. I don't care what their record was or how they got there. To give more fans that opportunity, I think that's a good thing, too. Yeah, I mean, the last time I had that feeling uh, was New Year's Day 1995. So I was excited for a lot of other reasons. The future (laughs) was bright. Um, I was young, vivacious, uh, physically fit, looking better than now. So I mean, you you were excited about the Empire Records release. That was absolutely that was a huge moment. Um, All right. In. Uh, other league news, the NFL uh, and their executives, they're planning for the season to start on time with the fans in the stands. That is the hope here with the, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic and the coronavirus. Uh, there's really no way to to know how this is all going to play out. We all know that. But the NFL is going forward. You know, the way the schedule works, Greg, for the NFL they're different than all these other major sports in the U.S. where they're having this opportunity to say to themselves, we have a window here where since we don't have actual on-field action, we could maybe, if everything works out, click into a situation where nothing is affected. And that's just what this is about. So they're planning for a reality, a best-case reality, where they're essentially unaffected other than you know changes like they're not being a physical draft, OTAs, things like that could be out the window. But the actual season to come... I think they're holding out hope they can rock on here. I think the key word there was hope. Yeah. And I think they're going to move forward with planning for this season because why wouldn't you? Who knows what's happening behind closed doors in terms of contingencies? The biggest headline for me wasn't that they're saying publicly they're planning for the season. What else are you going to do right now? It's the fact that they are putting a over-under on the schedule release at May 9th, which is is an interesting... um, 
flag to kind of plant in the ground. Now, May 9th is so far away that maybe they're thinking they'll have a better feel. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, everything is fluid right now in the world, including uh, the NFL. Let's move on and talk a little player action um, or player news, I should say. NFL Network's Mike Garofalo, our boy, reported that, quote, multiple teams have expressed interest in acquiring the franchise-tagged Yannick Ngakwe, the young star defensive end of the Jaguars. Uh, we don't have any um, known teams who have reached out, uh, but the Eagles, Seahawks, Packers, and Jets, all teams that have been linked in Ngakwe. Um, Wes, is this guy um, the type of player that e- that a team – that doesn't get him is going to be kicking themselves for having that opportunity uh, and not taking advantage of it at this time. I think the two, the two strengths of his, his game, what he's bringing to free agency that are, that are most attractive are his age. I don't think he's even 25 years old yet. And the fact that he comes off the edge and creates turnovers. The quarterback often doesn't see him coming. It leads to a lot of strip sacks. And I think those kinds of pass rushers are worth more. That's why he's getting a lot of love from from interested teams. And finally, in the news, here's something we had been tracking. Uh, Tom Brady, he's number 12. He always has been number 12. Signs with the Bucks, who just so happened to have a young star wide receiver named Chris Godwin, who also wears number 12. Perfect setup for Godwin, who has Brady over a barrel, obviously, uh, financially, however he wanted to, to make this thing work. Well, guess what? Godwin instead decided uh, that he just gave the number away to, to Tom Terrific, quote-unquote. Um, Godwin it will now be number 14 moving forward. Brady, 12. No transaction, no compensation. Uh, just Godwin being a good guy, I guess. So, that, you know, that, that, that closes out that uh, storyline. Hmm. Neil, I feel like when you have leverage over us for certain things, uh, you would not be as kind as Chris Godwin was. No, I feel like that's an opportunity missed. I, I, and not even, not even give me, I, I feel like that's a million dollars at least. And not even to a charity. Like, give it to me in my pocket. I mean, Chris Godwin had an opportunity. That's never coming again. It's TB12. It's Tom Brady. Um, yeah, I feel I'm disappointed. He's going to get... Brady's going to give him something. In the end, when they meet up, he'll be, he'll get something. That's the, that's yeah, the kind of leader, the kind of guy that Tom Brady is. Yeah, Dan hey, mentioned Malcolm that. Butler, a pickup truck. Yeah, I, Dan mentioned that Brady was not folded over a barrel. I would definitely fold Tom Brady over a barrel and get as much ah! as you can. Um, you've got, you know, Chris Godwin. How, how long will the career go on? Get some of this um, TB12 quarterback money and ensure that your children and nephews and nieces and other offspring that we don't know about don't work ever again. And I'll just add that I'm very happy that Brady's still number 12. Hate it when iconic players change their number. I mean, uh, what what was worse than uh, Michael Jordan coming back to the NBA? And I know there were circumstances involved uh, with his father. and But when he was number 45 instead of the iconic 23, uh, that's the reason a, an NBA team from Orlando knocked him out of the playoffs that year, and you can't convince me otherwise. Kobe, that, Kobe, that number was retired. He had to officially petition the NBA to get 23 back again after Nick Aaron Anderson embarrassed him. 
I mean, can we? Oh boy, can we cut through the red tape though? It's Michael Jordan getting his own number back, exactly. And uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, uh, you know, going from eight to twenty-four, or is it twenty-four to eight? I can't remember. Uh, you know, let's let's calm down with all this stuff. Stick with the number that you uh, became famous with. We all like it that you, that way. Come on now. End of rant. Wow. I mean, that is a that's gonna. It's not gonna be a popular take out there. Um, <laughs> hope you're ready to deal with the backlash. It's gonna be some serious fallout. That's what's happening in the news, Neil. You know, I know you you want to hang up right now, and you could because you have an easy out here where this is transatlantic. There's the world is on fire, and if you were to magically disconnect right now. Uh, and say that technical difficulties uh, brought a premature end to your appearance on today's episode, you know, we'd have to take you at your word. So this is your chance to get out now if you'd like to. I feel like that's some kind of challenge, so I'm going to stick around. All right. Well, let's do it. Then why don't we put the great Neil Reynolds on the hot seat? And before we do, Mark, can you remind uh, listeners or teach listeners about what Neil has done to us when we've been on his show in the past? Yeah, I mean, not only just on, you know, one show, but in, in multiple platforms, be it in recorded fashion or uh, in one occurrence in front of a live audience. I am not sure more than a certain percentage knew who we were. And uh, Neil was just frying us with um, some on-point questions about not only our professional opinions, but our personal lives. And so it would be wrong of us not to go down both roads and multiple other roads with Neil and make him feel the heat. I know that his face is warming up with that glass of rosé. You know, he's feeling good, but we can change the vibe if we need to. Yeah, and I also remember, Mark, uh, at the Super Bowl, when you and I did a segment on Sky Sports uh, from Radio Row, I remember him peppering you pretty hard with some uh, Browns bits, where he was just taking, t- trying to oh, take you down. Oh, they the Browns bits on Sky Sports. Well, just there was t- that, and, and I believe down I actually, I completely missed the handoff here. That, you know, our initial, um, we were thrown by Neil and some other people onto a very ultra serious Sky News hit, where, um, and this was not sports, but it was like news professionals quizzing us about Colin Kaepernick's entanglement with society, and we did not fare well. Yeah, it's revenge. It's revenge time. Let's I'm mark. Pretty sure, actually, on that, I don't think I was even in the building when you were doing. Sky I just think it's, it's been easiest, decided, it's Neil. It's easiest to blame at this point. You accountability, Neil. Accountability. Um, like all right, feed. let's do it. And and Mark, I'll, I'll, I know you have a couple as well. Let's cue it up, uh, Ricky. Let let us put Neil get his butt a little hot right now. Let's roll. <laughs> Question number one. Not all these are going to be killers, Neil. Some are just questions, and I want your honest uh, take on it. Number right. one, would you give up your right pinky toe for an NFL team in London? Yes. Well, hang, hang on, hang on. Would I fall over? Is that the one that gives you balance? All right, well, be all right. you asked too many questions, so I'm upgrading it to the big toe. <laughs> I'm still going to do it, yes. Yeah. Wow, very good. Uh, number two. Of all the ex-NFL players Sky Sports has paid as analysts, who is the one individual that made you think to yourself, wow, so we're basically paying this guy to go on holiday in Europe? (laughs) Johnny Mitchell. (laughs) He gave you an answer. He delivered. And I actually... 
the, the pre-dinner that when I met Johnny Mitchell to talk about coming on Sky, he bit into his burger and spilled barbecue sauce all down himself, and that set the tone. You know, Neil, I'm I'm involved with the new Neil Reynolds podcast, and you and you just skewered Johnny Mitchell in a conversation we had. So there's a little tease for uh, for my appearance on the Neil Reynolds podcast. Mark, hit him with a question. Well, let me ask you this. You know, I think we're in a period where it's already starting to get buzzy that um, you know celebrities not doing well. They're attempting to you know make us feel uh, good from their remote kingdoms and palaces and like 18 sink kitchens. Celebrities, at some point, we will be eating celebrities if this goes on and on what celebrity would you choose to if you had to eat the body of a celebrity give me a name male or female or child um can i go rob ryan mm. <laughs> I mean, a celebrity no i don't know if he would be considered a ultra celebrity i'm talking like he's a well-known figure you could just with a spoon and, and knife carve up and eat um that is a tough one that is a tough one um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Donald Trump because he's already wow. half cooked. Okay. Big answer. Big answer. Uh, during your during your bachelor days in London, did you ever hit the town with Henry Hodgson, aka Handsome Hank, aka Vice President of International NFL Media, as your wingman? Hank, of course, one of the great swordsmen in the history of your homeland. Uh, no, because you when you when you're. We were, I was happily married by them when I met him. But also, you don't go out with somebody who's better looking than you, who looks Never. like they've been chiseled out of rock, who got mm. shoulders about eight foot wide. So no, I gave him a I gave him a wide berth. We did What's actually the deal with that. So we did during NFL Europe training camps. We would spend our nights. Everyone would go out on the town, and me and Hen we would sit in our office and play Madden against each other. Online coaching mode. How sad is that? <laughs> They're very sad, actually. Mark, hit, hit, hit him up with another one. All right, scale up. You know, we have a we have a large um, UK audience and European audience, and you're someone they know and they trust your opinion. On a scale of one to one hundred, how much do you trust Queen Elizabeth uh, two? Queen Elizabeth Part Two. Two point Uh I'm gonna give her a, a solid sort of eighty three. I'm okay, not aware of the political climate, so I'm assuming that's not surprising. That's how most what? feel. I think that's a good. I think that's a good grade, right? Desert Island for six weeks. Who do you choose as a companion? Your wonderful wife Julie, or your boyhood hero Dan Marino? Ah, now my <laughs> wife Julie. Is, does Dan Marino listen to the podcast? I don't think Dan Marino listens to the NFL podcast. No. Okay. All I'm going to say is they say you should never meet your heroes, and it's true. Ooh. Oh. Interesting. I would love more if you have it. Actually, I grew up hating Joe Montana and idolizing Dan Marino because Montana beat Marino in Super Bowl 19. I worked with both of them on stage at the fan rallies in Trafalgar Square. We did big <laughs> sit-down interviews for like 30 minutes with each of them. Give me Montana every day of the week. Montana was like, you can ask me whatever you like. Dan Marino backstage, what are you going to ask me? You're not going to make me look stupid. I am like, Dan, just chill out. I'm here for you. I'm going to make you look good. We're going to ask you the wow. questions to give you the answers. He couldn't have been more nervous about going on stage. Or not nervous, more untrusting. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, I was destroyed. 
Sorry to hear, sorry to hear that. It's like therapy. <laughs> uh, Mark, do you have any others? Uh, one oh. last one. I like to ask one this of one. all our yeah. guests. You know, you've 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 done a lot of work with um, the group. You know, all of us individually and in a, in a collective sense. Which one? And I want an honest answer. Do you respect the most? Um, I think it's. I think Mark, it's going to be you because of the. The way you handled this whole coronavirus thing, you know, getting <laughs> getting yourself some separate digs. I've actually bought the house next door and I've evicted the lady next door. She's living <laughs> on the street. And it's all inspired by you, Mark, because well, you just gave yourself that space. And I was like, that's a man who takes no prisoners. He's just going to... Mm. You got the kids at home? No, I'm going. I'm going to be over there then. And so that's... Sorry. It's, it's you, Mark. And I, I think it should be you because I know I listen to the pod. So many other people that come on this podcast, you know, they don't respect you. Let's be honest. Well, I, that feels entirely <laughs> genuine to me. <laughs> Thank you. You've, you've flattened the curve a little bit on that front. And, uh, you know, I give you props for what I, what I assume to be a very honest answer mm. right there. And, and by the way, why, uh, that's all Schrager had to say. Way back, with Mark's been on a crusade to find someone to respect him for a, a year now. Um, whoever asked the question, who do you respect the most, just say that guy so you can get out mm. of the question. Well, Mark's been did. Twitter messaging me as well while we're, while we're on air. We we also know who uh, Neil respects the least, um, but that ha- that's related to the last time someone called in uh, to this podcast from London, and that was someone was me. <laughs> and finally, last question. That was a little loaded as well. That was just some some hot butt. I mean, we, we said it was a hot seat. You know? Hey, Greg, I'm actually worried. Let me just say I'm worried about you, Greg, because this situation with coronavirus is is getting worse by the day, and soon you're only going to be able to go to the beach twice a day. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> Neil's got zingers on the hot seat. Hey, finally, some listeners may be surprised to learn the national sport of England is not soccer, but cricket. In 30 seconds or less, please explain the rules of that deeply esoteric game. So you, uh, someone takes a big run-up. They walk 50 paces back. They run up. They throw the ball. You kind of bat it in front of you, and then they pick up the ball, and they run back, and they do the same for five days, and then most of the time it ends in a tie. Wow, all you mm. need is 15 Still seconds. Great. Wow. I'm not like Henry Hodgson. I'm not big on cricket. I'm not into it. Mm. All right. He, he supports Liverpool, ladies and gentlemen. And you're off. You're off the hot seat. Oof. Your butt Phew. is intact. Are we still Good friends? Job, Neil. I mean, you, you've been yeah, waiting for, for sure. a, a title for Liverpool for 30 years, and then the season ends right, at, right as you're about to win it. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. It's pretty rough. That's, <laughs> the pretty, that's a pretty rough, like, cursed sports story. I mean, I know there's more important things in the world, but there, I don't know if there's anything quite like that, that you're two games away from winning your first title in 30 years, and then right. the season's over. What, yeah. what about Greg with the, the sneaky flex there that I'm plugged in on uh, the Premier League, uh, what's going on in the standings? It's, not, well, a, it's not a flex. That's so that's a nice job by you, Greggy. About the most <laughs> that's a nice job by you, Greggy. It was a flex and a little <laughs> twist of the knife that Liverpool are going to get robbed of the title when they're 25 points clear. I had three vodkas last night and stumbled across on YouTube the 1986 St. Louis Open uh, PBA, the Pro Bowlers Association. <laughs> uh, what, a, what a showdown. And, and a young 23-year-old Pete Weber. Um, the GOAT. He, he, he just he, he dominated and... Uh, Really enjoyed it. That's where we're at in society. Neil, you've said it all. You said it all. You did it. And I'll tell you what, that British sensibility, I want to tell you something. I didn't really know any Brits uh, personally until I met your good friend and former colleague, Hank. 
The thing about you guys, you people, is that you, you, you very, it's unvarnished, your takes. You're not afraid to uh, rub, rub uh, people the wrong way, to ruffle some feathers. And that's why you're an ideal guy for the hot seat just now. You just, you just call like it is, and you're not afraid what it, what it does and the carnage you leave in the wake. Um, <laughs> left some carnage. Uh, I appreciate that. And I think you, you guys must have some of that deep in your bones as well, because I know how popular you, you guys have become over here. And, and um, I think your, your, the tone you strike on, on your pod, um, it, it appeals to the British fans. That's why we wanted to get you on Sky Sports. And You're talking to me specifically right now, Just right? you, Dan, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your camera's the one that I'm seeing. So I'm yeah. logging yeah. off. Thank all you. you. All you, Dan. Um, again, we are part of the Sky Sports NFL team every year, and hopefully that will continue depending on how contract talks go uh, with Neil and his people. Also, Neil, of course, has the Neil Reynolds podcast launching tomorrow. So if you're a fan of our show, uh, and I know we have a lot of UK listeners, uh, check it out. If you're on this side of the pond, check it out because Neil obviously has put a lot of effort into it and, he, and he's a grinder and he's very talented and we're happy uh, to have this relationship with you, Neil. So now get back to your wine, get back to Julie, and, uh, and good luck uh, getting through this uh, absurd situation we all find ourselves in right now. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. This is Dan Hanses signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, Ricky Hollywood, and the great Neil Reynolds, who loves honey. (laughs) Until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.